Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. Not only fans. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The only podcast where the geeks drink give you relatively informed opinions on geeky well, topics. They're very informed. They're very informed with we, our own opinion. We do our homework, people. <laughs> And tell you why we think we're right all the mm-hmm. time. And we have a drink while we do it. Um, yes. My name is Matt. I'm Adam. And if you haven't heard us before, you're gonna, or if you've heard us a million times already, which we don't have a million episodes, but it goes without saying. We're getting there. We're getting there one <laughs> day at a chug, time. Chug, chug, chug. Um, but, you know, that being said, I have to give the usual, you know where to find us, folks. We're on all social media platforms, at Geek Drink Pod. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, ooh, excuse me, Discord. We're also on hotnasagirls.com. Um, you'll see why in a minute, why we why we signed up for Well, <laughs> I just came up with one. When you're looking for an extinction, uh, an extinction level event down in your vent, <laughs> go to hotnasagirls.net. <laughs> you know what should be, you know what should be... You know what needs to be our username for this one instead of Aki Drink Pod for this for hot for hotnasagirls.net? It needs to be Ellie. Just that that's the extinguish Yeah, but I'm saying that's okay. gonna be our name. That's gonna be our username. Okay. Ellie. <laughs> Ellie. Alright. <laughs> that was my joke. Do you got anything? <laughs> I got nothing yet. I'm sure I'll come with the Alright, well just maybe if, it, maybe if it comes to you. If it comes to you like a comet a few years beforehand, go to HotNasaGirls.net <laughs> Search for Ellie. Search for E-L-E. We are not a catfishing group. <laughs> <laughs> I think both you and I would totally be a catfish scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we, are we catfish? People would show up and be like, oh no. <laughs> And walks around with his broken toe. Yeah, I, I, like, I just broke my toe. So, <laughs> thanks, Matt. <laughs> I didn't just break your toe. No, it it happened. I curb stopped you earlier. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, before we uh, go any further if down, you want to stomp hole, on a nuke in the middle of a comet, go to hot NASA girls and that's where we cut that out. Um, <laughs> anyway, folks, before we jump into this week's movie, it's time to talk about our drink of the week. Time to grab your beverage and join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. This week's drink comes to us. Adam, what would you bring us? So, uh, a company that's an old favorite. Probably yeah. one of the first alcoholic drinks I've ever had from this was from this company. Yeah. It's from uh, Woodchuck Hard Cider yeah, from Company. Vermont. Yeah, they're based in Vermont. But uh, we found a uh, variety pack that they had, and especially because it's lovely summer weather yeah. here. If you, if you don't live in Colorado... Just so y'all know, we went from rainy every day in the, in the mid-60s to 95 and tornadoes touching down in Denver. Yes, so 
Um, but this one is the berry snap variety. It's mixed berry and ginger. Yeah, I'm about looking a, forward to this. Yeah, about a 5% alcohol by volume. But, you know, I think yeah. you like ciders, I like ciders. Woodshop was one of the big drinks some of us drank in college just because it was tasty. Same. And you could chug it and it would get you pretty, pretty buzzy. <laughs> Same. All right. Well, let's cheers. Cheers, brother. Ooh, that ginger's pretty... Pretty forward. I like it, it gets afterwards. I like it. Yeah. Well, that's actually a really combo. All right. Well, now that we've had our drink on, it's time to talk about our topic of the week. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? All right, folks. If you haven't guessed yet, this week's topic, we're doing the same thing we did the past two weeks. Where we, we're going to bring up two movies that came out in the same year, same premise, one is better than the other, based on your opinion. Yeah, these ones are a lot closer in terms think, of yeah, these entertainment ones value. Were but closer. one is definitely more scientifically accurate than the other. Yes, and I think we're gonna go for the one that is more scientifically accurate. All right, and that means we're gonna talk about the next disaster movie on our list: Deep Impact, where yes. oceans rise, cities fall. But hope survives, Adam. Hope and survives. And there's probably a gastroenterologist joke <laughs> in there somewhere. Well, you know, considering the fact that your girlfriend works at a GI is, lab is a deep impact nurse. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, we figured we'd uh, start things off this week with that. Yeah, so Deep Impact, 1998, came yes. out in May, so it's a summer blockbuster, yeah. early, really good May release. 8th. Um, budget, $80 million. Um, Let me just double check, I have some notes about these things. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, actually the budget was $75 million. The opening weekend it only made $41 million. The, okay. Um, worldwide gross, though, it made $349.4 million. So All right. So, did a decent job yeah. making its money back. It was the cheaper of The two our, we're going to be talking about. Yes. Um, and did a pretty good job. And you can kind of tell there are some elements that they kind of... I don't want to say skimped on, but they were like, Oh, we can just show only so much... And it'll still get the point across. Yeah, so like we have the past few weeks, a uh, big name cast of this one. Oh, yeah. Um, Robert Duvall, Taya Leone, a young pre-Hobbit Elijah Wood. Yeah. Very young Elijah Wood. Yeah, like one of his earlier... Yeah, one of his earliest roles. Well, I think his earlier one was Back to the Future. That's true, he was in that. Um, That's his... a baby's toy. <laughs> <laughs> that scene. Um... His first big break was an Apollo Abdul music video for Every Aww. Year Girl. We love Apollo um, Abdul. And then, yeah, Back to the Future 2 was his first big movie, even though he wasn't obviously a big character. No. Um, but yeah, so Elijah Wood, uh, Morgan Freeman. We haven't actually had done a Morgan Freeman movie yet. Isn't that odd? That is a little odd. Because Morgan Freeman is amazing. Well, that's just common knowledge. Yeah, that's true. That's just a given. I mean, also... The best president ever. True. Or best um, 
national security advisor when it comes yeah. to uh, or some the, of all fears. Yeah, or the best uh, god, god, or the best inmate. Inmate. <laughs> we could just keep going. I was gonna say something along the like the best organizer of a hitman association because I really loved Wanted. Yeah, um, you know what really good movie he did was it was with him and Michael Caine, and I can't think of the third person. It was directed by Zach Braff, and it was like, was it the Bucket List? The Bucket List? No, no, not the Bucket. Was it the Bucket List? It's one along the lines where they lost their pensions and became bank robbers. Oh no! Okay, I'm like the Bucket List was like. Oh yeah, that was with my. um, I'll find out who did it here in a second as we look at Jack Nicholson and, but. I'm yeah, like, you're the one with the computer. Why don't you look it up? <laughs> I have to sit on the little kids' end of the table well, when we do these. That's because that's where you belong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> whenever we get a camera for this shit, we'll we'll have to f- snuggle. Oh, there we go. Going in style. Morgan Freeman. It was Alan Arkin and Michael Caine. Oh, I love Alan Arkin. Yeah, directed by Zach Braff. It's actually really good. If you haven't okay. seen it, I have not. I would recommend it, but. We'll get to our recommendations here in a little bit. Yeah, that'll um, be at the end. <laughs> yes. So, uh, like we said, great cast. Um, John Favreau, pre-Iron Man. Oh, well. Pre, really anything substantial. Let's, like, I mean, so I know we talked about in uh, our Dante's Peak episode. Not Favreau. It was Favreau. the not, not Favreau yeah. character. <laughs> this one is Favreau. And this is actually John Favreau. And poor John Favreau. Yeah. He's only in it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Gets blown out into space. Yeah. Spoiler alert for a movie that came <laughs> out in 1998. five years ago. <laughs> um, you've got James Cromwell. Yeah, he was only in it for like a few minutes. Yeah. But Secretary of Treasury. Yeah. And then uh, you got the guy who uh, from the West Wing who plays Elijah Wood's dad. Oh, yeah. Um... um God, what's his name? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Come on, Google. (laughs) That's the teacher. Keep going. I'll find it. Well, no, but it's like, yeah, you have Elijah Wood's dad played by the guy who plays Leo in The West Wing. Another great show, by the way, to watch if you're ever interested. Oh, um, Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff. Yes. And um, he is not employed by the White House in this movie. No, he is the, he is the he dad. Is, he is Elijah Wood's dad. Uh, let's see who else he got. Laura Innes, or Inez, um, if you've watched ER, she was a huge character yeah. in ER for years. Blair Underwood. Um, and then you have a guy that looks like the guy from Coach. Yeah. Who is not the guy from Coach. No, and then you've got Kurtwood Smith, Mr. Uh, Foreman. Yes. Um, you've got Denise Crosby from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so huge so good, cast. good thing that Denise Crosby was still getting work. Yeah. Be- behind uh, her making the, like, I, I make this joke, but it's like, her making the amazing decision to leave Star Trek The Next Generation because yeah. <laughs> she wanted to have a better career. Yeah. Leaving Star Trek it The was Next also, Generation. What was her name? Um, Terry Farrell when she left the sixth season of DS9. Yeah. I'm going to go and do something different. I only want to be a part-timer. Like, no, you're a full-timer. And, I mean, what? granted she missed one season, but it was like, yeah, no way's the best move to leave Star Trek. No, I mean... Look at Jennifer Leon. 
True. Like, but at the same, like, my thing is, it's just like, oh, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and and I understand, like, there was a lot of on, we're getting off topic, sorry, folks, but on the next gen, there was a lot of unknowns. It was. I like, mean, everyone no didn't knew, think it was going to work. No, no one knew if they could redo Star Trek and make it work. Gene Roddenberry, for the visionary who was creating the series, was too heavy-handed and... yeah. Was taking it down a rabbit hole that, thank God, they turned that ship around, literally. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, but it's one of those things, it's like, you kind of almost wish you had that foresight to be like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back on track. Um, so, Deep Impact. Yes. It is a end-of-the-world type movie where, so you've got this teenager played by Elijah Wood. His name is Leo. He is a... Leo. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Wrong Leo. It's Leo! <laughs> we'll get into Titanic stuff when we talk about submarines later. Oh. Are we are we going to go down that road? I mean, I know the no, memes going, are being not, played not, down going, the road. I'm not getting in that submarine and going down it. Okay, well, I know they they probably found it at Casa Bonita. <laughs> <laughs> or what was my favorite one? As we'll finish this rabbit hole right now. Or my favorite one where someone had one of those full Lego replicas of the Titanic and they built a miniature sub next to it, but now it's accurate. That is true. <laughs> no, wait, sorry. Um, making fun of billionaires is hilarious, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, and, 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 and in all defense, folks, they didn't feel a thing when they became vaporized in the ocean. Yes. I mean, it was all Bluetooth <laughs> controlled. Never using a Logitech controller. That's why it went wrong. I don't using, think that's were, what went they wrong. They were using third-party devices yeah, when probably. they should have been using OM. I think I love the one that uh, JV sent us where it was like, controllers disconnected. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Uh, we're, we're getting off topic. Anyway, but... Um, yeah, so Leo yeah. discovers the comet. comet with his teacher, and they call it Leo... They call it Biederman, Wolf Biederman, because Wolf yes. is the teacher's name, Biederman's or, kid. Uh, Wolf is the astronomer that is kind of, that they send the data to. So, one of the big differences between our next film and this one is that they had a couple year warning that this was going to happen. And so, um, this kid, fledgling astronomer, this movie starts off very quiet very peaceful. Um, uh, yeah. Elijah Woods flirting with this girl, and he's yep. like as, trying as to I call her um, teenage Helen Hunt. Even yes, she's not Helen Hunt. Yep. But uh, they're they're kind of flirting back and forth, and the teacher is like, "Oh, what's that star there?" He identifies it immediately. He's like, "What's that one? It's this one." And then, "What's this other one?" Like, and it's like, know. "That's different." And the girl's like. Yeah, it's this. And he's like, no, it's not. And it's like, okay, we'll take a picture of it. We'll send it to this is Professor yeah. Wolf or whatever. Yep. Who has a much larger telescope. and Realizes it's a comet and it's, he does the math and it figures out, oh shit, this thing's going to hit Earth. Yeah. And as he runs to get the data to the public... He crashes in a fire. Cell phone don't work. Cell phone don't work. And he's <laughs> damn T9. Damn 80. <laughs> like, damn AT&T. <laughs> but you watch it now and you go, I could have texted that with my phone now while I'm driving. Because we all were able to do the T9. Yeah. One-handed, not even looking at it. No, spell it right. Yeah. Anyway. But, 
Um, he goes, but yeah, he so goes boom. That 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 was like the biggest action scene in the first of half the, of the movie. first like yeah half of the film. Yeah. So much different from the next other movie. well even other films that we have talked about oh. like where it was like oh something starts off where it's like a catastrophe instantly this is a little bit more slow paced a little yeah take their time a little bit more. yeah so a year passes we start realizing the government knows but not people in general don't know and so we have this journalist uh taylor taylor leone um she's is it Tay leone or Tia Leone? I don't know. We'll just call her Leone. I know. She she was married <laughs> to the Duchovny guy. For, yeah, for a while. For a while. But. The Duchovny guy. There's only one Duchovny guy. I know. He, he dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fox Mulder. <laughs> anyway, so... Agent Scully. She's, uh, she's a reporter for MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, a low-level reporter. Oh, God. She is, like, the assistant to the White House... Just kind of an investigative journalist who doesn't get FaceTime on TV. She just yeah, kind of yeah, writes yeah. some reports. Anyway, she's doing a she's investigating the Secretary of Treasury James Cromwell. Yeah, um, that's not his. That that's James Cromwell was actually not the. He, that wasn't his name. He wasn't his name the, was the, the, the 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 Secretary of Treasury, even though I think he could pull it off. But no, no, he his name is Alan Rittenhouse, yeah. um, or as you like to call him, the farmer from Babe. Pig yes. in the city. That'll do, pig. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> um, anyway, he, they, they think that she, he is having an affair with someone named Ellie because he's transferring government funds to her, mm-hmm. and she uncovers this and she goes, "Oh, you're, uh, you're, you're having an affair." She confronts him at his house, and he's got this prepping boat. a boat with like provisions, provisions and, and survival gear, and he's like a doomsday prepper all of a sudden. She's like, yeah. "Well, where are you going?" And he's like, my wife's ill. My wife's ill. I had to resign. And and like, no, you're having an affair. So as she's driving back, the white, the FBI, which is the most impractical way to arrest somebody. Let me just pull you over on an on-ramp. By slamming into you. But they do a nice kind of like maneuver where like one car pulls in front, yeah. the other pulls to the side, and then one's behind, and then the one behind is... But you would think some. I mean, giving her a deep impact, <laughs> <laughs> overhead impact, overhead. Anyway, I I guess I'm saying this from a 2023 lens. Have the F, if the FBI was to ever do that kind of maneuver on an off ramp bridge in DC, there'd be 18 angles of people videotaping this as it's going yeah. on that dash cam footage. But that's also, why they I, did pull off though into a part that was under construction. Yes, that's so true. That was smarter, but. Um, and so they take her to meet the president in the, in the, in the commissary under the White House. Yeah, they, uh, well, it was the kitchen, not the, is it a commissary a kitchen? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. I thought that's like a dining room, but. No, a commissary is a kitchen, like a pretty prep everything for oh, okay. well, the military. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I just. I, I'd learn something every day. You learn something new. <laughs> um, and he tells her, hey, Ellie is not a woman. It's not an affair. Or no, he he plays it very close to the vest because it's like, so she's, yeah, she keeps. Don't don't say anything for 24 hours. Or 48. Yeah, and then when we do the press event, you can come, even though you're not the White House press reporter for MSNBC. And I'll give you the first first question. question. So, during this whole exchange, she brings up Ellie and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman brings up 
He's like, what do you know about Eli? Yeah. And it's like, that's your first kind of clue where you're kind of like, maybe she doesn't quite know what's going on. Because he's, he's not referring to it as Ellie. He's saying E-L. Yeah. E. So she agrees to hold off. She goes back to the office and does her investigative journalism on a on the keyboard. And, and what does she find out? She types in E, period, L, period, E. And she goes, oh shit, this stands for extinction level event. Yes. Not our not our um, username at hotnasagirls.net. Yes. Um, hashtag deep impact. Also, if you want an extinction level event that'll just destroy you, go to hotnasagirls.net. Wait, we'll are you about, a, is it going to destroy you physically or destroy you financially? <laughs> Either one. <laughs> or is it going to give you a virus, Adam? <laughs> well, the other one says it'll kill everything, <laughs> including bacteria. <laughs> True. So, but this one, they had another plan. But True. anyway. So they go, we, we had the press event. He talks to the world that, hey... Um, this We've been researching this for a, a like year. over a year it's now. Come, we still have a year till it happens. Yeah, we have a plan. Um, we're going to send this converted space shuttle spacecraft that we've built in space. Joint mission between this, the Russians and yeah, before the, before uh, the Russian Civil War started. Yeah. <laughs> if, anyway, if, anyway, if they're still around, yeah. Um, <laughs> And so it's Dos Madonna, comrades. <laughs> it's called the Messiah. Um, yes. And I will stop right here and say the Messiah looks like it would be something we would build. Yes. So compared to other movies with these kind of events. Where yeah, like, we this is where we gotta kinda start talking about kind of more of a realistic aspect. Cause apparently this film they they actually partnered with NASA. To try and come up with like how ships would look, how spacesuits would look, how we would have traveled, plans yeah. would work, like things, like everything was a little bit more realistic, in touch with the real world. Yeah, and the one thing I would say I like about this spacecraft is you could tell, hey, we built this fast, we built it efficiently. Yeah, um, we basically chopped off the front of the space shuttle and glued it onto this. Massive. Lander thingy, yeah, and then Not put that on, tight, on yeah. top of a bunch of SRBs and, and nuclear engines. Yeah, and it it looked like something you would build in space, mm-hmm. and which makes sense. Hey, we're gonna build this real fast in space. We're gonna chop off the front end of a, <laughs> a shuttle, mm-hmm. use it as your cockpit because it's a proven design and flight deck. Flight deck, yeah. You got to be more PC now. Um, yeah, damn it, Matt. <laughs> You, but it's you just, sexist bastard. <laughs> it's so realistic, though, because we have, like I said, something that you would see if we had to do this in a year. Could you not see NASA going to the Smithsonian and cutting off the front end of that, that space shuttle there and going, Not true. We're going to use this real quick. We'll and bring like, it back. And one of the things I think they and they don't really mention too much about like the re-entry plan no. of it. And it's like, I almost would think that it would be like a capsule, kind of almost like how um, the Apollo missions did. Like, yeah. where it'd be, it wouldn't be like, they're bringing the whole ship down and oh, it's no. going to fly. I envision, like, they're going to come back and dock to where they built it and take another ship back. Yeah, it'd probably just be like a capsule or maybe even one of the space shuttles they took up. Who yeah. knows? But it just, like, I mean, my whole thing and 
we'll bring this up in the next one is uh yeah. there's there's no need for aerodynamics in space no <laughs> so you know the ship launches it gets it it takes a while to get there they get there they land on the comet surface with the lander and mm-hmm. their job and we'll talk about this in the next movie not to give anything away is to drill multiple holes in this thing and mm-hmm. slide down some nukes okay so they're doing this thing where they're First off, stock footage. <laughs> Let's bring up stock footage for a second because they use a shit ton of it. Yeah. Um, the shuttle's taken off. That's all stock footage. Anyway, so it's a simple nuke idea. But they're like, oh, we'll put these little nukes inside these things we call moles. <laughs> and that was the dumbest part of the film because I'm like, Okay, well, how are these things, like, extracting the sediment that they're drilling into? Yeah. Like, whatever it is. It's a vacuum tube. You empty it out, you shake it out in your trash canister, and you're done. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a, it's like a Dyson. <laughs> I don't remember. How deep did they say they had to go? 80 feet or something? So it wasn't deep. No. It, was, it wasn't that deep compared. of an impact. <laughs> <laughs> no, the impact is the Earth, Adam. <laughs> but, um... But no, I I just was like, okay, first off, like, if we want to get into a physics standpoint, it's like you could technically nuke uh, an object from space and send it off its trajectory. Yeah. If we want to get scientific. So that part wasn't so scientific. But the idea of trying to break apart makes sense. And Um, so they're trying. One gets stuck in the hole. The time's running out. The asteroid... Rotates into the sun, where realistically this is going to happen. Yes, I, I, that was my next note. So the asteroid rotates into the sun, uh, which in space, space, sunlight, darkness can be a huge difference in temperature. Oh, huge! And the especially moon is, on the moon a, is a great example. Of yes, this. well, and especially on a comet that has a lot of water, a lot of gas, a lot of other. Elements, elements on it. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, they pivot over. The guy doesn't get out in time. He gets blown out through that hole. His, gets his hole blown out. Um, <laughs> the asteroid gets his hole blown out. <laughs> the comments, thing sorry. I loved is they were in sight of the sun. So what are, visors these, down. what are these astronauts do? They put their visors down to kind of protect themselves. And the one guy who was in the hole, he was deep in that. He was deep impacting yeah, um, that hole. What's his name? Uh, Brian the Woods character. Yeah, but he... John Farber is the one who's deep in the hole. No, deep... Or he, he gets blown out into space. Yeah, through the... From the yeah, yeah he, but... Um, but this guy gets blown out through the hole. They have him on tether. Um, but he didn't put his visor down, so he gets blinded. That's right. Um, and then, because everything is... Explosive kinda, gas release. Gases... Steam, everything's erupting. Explosive gas release. Adam after eating a Chipotle burrito. <laughs> Damn you, Chipotle! <laughs> but um, but poor John Favreau. Before we even get to know him, gets blown out into space as they're running back to the ship. Yeah, because it's like they say it's like working in a minefield, which is accurate. Yep. And Robert Duvall kind of takes over as, like, mission commander. Because he was only there kind of more as, like... Oh, you're right. Sorry. Backup Blair, pilot. Yeah, he's the pilot because he's the, only person land, the last person to land on the moon. Yeah. He has experience. Blair, what I'm sorry, was not the gentleman who got blinded. It was... 
another pretty uh, Ron Eldard. Um, so did a lot of TV shows. Um, <laughs> That's what most Black of Hawk these Down, people did. Black Hawk Down. Oh, I love Black Hawk Down. Um, ER. He's he was married to, uh, or I guess wasn't married, but he was in a long time relationship with Juliet Juliana Margulies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, he's the one who's blinded. He's the mission commander. Yeah. But because he gets blinded. Robert Wall has yeah, to kind of take over. And they, they unfortunately built this thing so fast they couldn't put Braille in. Mm-hmm. Probably <laughs> not. But also, did you love how like all the nuke stuff was all still in Russian? Oh, yeah. You're kind of like, mm. would it be quicker to learn Russian? Or just to like, set up Russian a... I know, but, but like the other lady was typing things in like symbols for stuff. Maybe she just... Letters. They're yeah. Russian letters, sorry. Russian symbols. <laughs> Russian symbols. <laughs> this one Lenin. <laughs> Comrade. <Stalin>. Comrade. <laughs> Fwadka. <laughs> Hammer. Sickle. <laughs> Enter. <laughs> oh shit, I got sent to the gulag. <laughs> Wrong combo. It's not the Konami code. Welcome to the gulag, my friend. <laughs> um, so yeah, so... They, they hit the button on the nukes, it goes kaboom, and uh, we didn't plan this as well as we thought. And nope. Now we've made two combats going to hit the Earth. Yes, a smaller one. And then... A bigger one. A bigger one. Wolf is the smaller one, Beaterman is the big one. No, other way around. Or no, it's the other way around. Wolf's yeah. the big one, Beaterman's the small one. It makes sense. Let's name the big one after the adult. Yeah. Well, Beaterman, uh, the kid Leo, gets yeah. gets married, so you think he'd, he'd be getting some deep impact <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I think they even make a joke that it's like, you're going to have so much sex yeah. after and this. <laughs> it was before the marriage when, they, when, they, when his name was like, this young kid who died yeah. trying to get the information to us, and they're like, you didn't die. Like, you're going to get laid so hard. <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyway. Sorry, folks. So... It's, you know. it's, it's the woodchuck talk. <laughs> well, I'm already out. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, so they, um, they're like, okay, well, we need to prepare for the worst now. Um, martial law is in place. 800,000 Americans, a million Americans are going to go to the underground shelters that we built just in case. Um, and we're going to pre-select 200,000 and 800,000 go to the lottery. Yeah. So, of course... Elijah Wood, since he discovered this thing, him gets, and his family get they get a pass, which is why he gets married mm-hmm. to not Helen Hunt, teenage Helen Hunt, to what's what's her name again? It's Lily Sebesky. Sebesky, yeah, she's been in a ton of stuff. We yeah. gotta give her, we gotta give her some credit. <laughs> yes, so she has been in. Sorry, Lily, if you're watching the show. <laughs> um, Jungle to Jungle, Deep Impact, um, The Glass House. This all sounds like the Elder Son. <laughs> Um, public enemies, um, and from TV we saw her on news radio, Grace Under Fire, uh, Hercules. Disappointed. <laughs> so anyway, she um, they get married, and he's like, "I'm going to take her with me to my to the cage." Yeah, because he was told that if if they get married, even though they're kind of like what. 17, 18. 14, 15, I think. Uh, they can't even drive. I thought they were in high school. They are, but I mean they're 17, okay. 18. Anyway, but they they get they, their permission to get married so that way he can take their family 
as well. And her family just had a newborn. Yep, so it's Denise Crosby and um, the dad's name. And not the guy from Coach. (laughs) Not the guy from Coach. Even though he looks exactly like Craig Nelson. (laughs) From Coach. Gary Wurms is his name. Okay, cool. Yeah, anyway. Um, anyway, so uh, the bus comes to pick him up, and they say, sorry, no, this isn't official yet. The the other people are not on the list, yeah. but you and your wife can come. Yeah. And so and, they try to give her the baby, and... Or, and, but, or no, no, she, she just, she just protests and is like, I want to stay with my family, because she's a kid. Yeah. So Elijah Wood goes with his family, and they leave him behind. And they're like, we'll figure this out when we get there. Yeah. And of um, course, you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. God, you're trying to get a million people into shelter before this thing hits the earth. So while this is going on, the last, the, the second to last ditch plan they have is we're going to launch every nuke we have at this thing once it gets in the range. But that's only going to be hours before it hits. But isn't, wouldn't that, sorry, it would work. <laughs> Theoretically, I mean, yeah, <laughs> this is this is my problem. <laughs> I, my my only problem with this, well, there's a few problems I have with the film, but I'm like a nuclear bomb can alter a the trajectory of an object. True, it's like anything. Like seriously, it's like if someone's floating away in space, like George Clooney from Sandra Bullock, all you really need to do is just give them a tug. Yep, and not that kind of tug, but just. Kind of hard to do that kind of touch your spacesuit, but pull him towards you, and he'll float towards you because you're in a zero g environment. But so you can you could have definitely like figured out a better way to do this. Yeah. But it's we're doing dramatic things. We're making the movie, we have to be entertained. We can't just end it like that. Do you know who produced this one? Uh, Parent, uh, DreamWorks. Yeah, but Steven Spielberg was initially asked to direct it. Can't and blame him. He said no. I don't want to do this, but got another director to direct it, and you have her profile. Mimi Leader. Yes, and she's gone on to have a pretty good career. Like, she's done some great television shows. Oh, yeah. Um, But, but yeah, so Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct, but he was just like, I don't think I want to do it, but I'll, I'll produce it. Yeah. So, but she was, but he was like, yeah, Mimi would be great. (laughs) Yeah, so... They launch them. Doesn't work. Um, so, plan four, three, whatever plan we're on now. Um, Robert Duvall, because they, they couldn't outrun the comet. Well, they, they could outrun the comet to get home, get right home, as it's... but they're going to irradiate themselves because they had to like turn the nuclear engine up to max. Yeah. Anyway, they're like, whatever, let's, let's get home at least. So they get home, well, they get, to, they get towards Earth when they realize the nukes didn't work. And they come up with this plan. Hey, if we just fly this ship into the into the fissure as it's getting of close, the big one, the big one, they can't can, do anything about Biederman. Yes, yeah. he's 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 tiny. He's tiny, and he he gonna hit. But they they found a fissure they can fly the ship into and blow. It's the, the ship. fissure that was kind of caused by the initial yeah. explosion. Yep. So they do it. They're successful. They blow that comet up into bits. Yep, little bits. All what. Four or five of them on board, yeah. minus John Farvro. Poor John Farvro. He died early. <laughs> Salute you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, they, they decide to... That's the heroic sacrifice. And I know we talked about that in the previous ones. There's always the heroic sacrifice. At least this one had meaning. Yes. It wasn't grandma. But, well, but the old lady in this one, 
She, I say, poor old lady. Old lady. The mom, the Taylioni's mom. She's not an old lady. She is an old lady because <laughs> she's she her age at this point. No, because she's over fifty, so she couldn't be. She was oh, like sixty-five. Okay. Sorry, I'm thinking of um, not Helen Hunt's mom. Oh no, Denise Crosby. I'm like, she's that old. <laughs> no, because they said like anyone yeah. that was going to be allowed into the lottery, I'd be like under fifty. They had if they were scientists or like whatever, if they were. 50 or higher than they were allowed, but if you were over 50... Sorry. It was, like, tough shit. Yeah. And so, Tay Leone's mom commits suicide, like, a few days before the comet hits. And this is all going on. Tay Leone loses his time to... Um, fight with her dad. Fight with her dad, make amends as the as the next piece happens. Yeah. Um, she gets promoted at her job for finding this out yeah. for the year. But what that's the dr- human drama of this. But yeah, so but I say poor old lady. Okay. At that point. I, I, like, I this, agree. this is the this is the poor grandma. All right. Where I'm like, no, this this grandma She's not grandma, there's no kids. She's just old lady. Well it don't matter. Poor old lady. She's poor, poor old lady. lady. It it was sad. Um so she um so Everyone's evacuating the East Coast because it's going to hit the Atlantic. The tidal wave that it's caused, the tsunami, is going to take out half the eastern U.S. Yes. Up to the Mississippi Valley, pretty much. Yes. Um, or Appalachian. It's not that far in, but still pretty far in. It's very far in. Yeah. So, um, not Helen Hunt, Leah Sobodesky. Um, her and her family are evacuating. They're stuck in a traffic jam. Elijah Woods. everyone's trying to get as far away as they can. Yeah. Elijah Here Woods. comes him on a... On his motorbike. It's her, her dad's dad, motorbike. That he stole. Fire road. Um, he he left the, the caves. He's come to rescue them. Um, and they basically, in the probably most touching moment of this movie, tell her, get on the bike, take the newborn, and get uphill. Now. Yeah. It's so like the parents are willing to sacrifice themselves for their daughter, and then they're... I don't know if it was a boy or girl. I don't. Uh, I don't either. Um, who cares? But was like, take the newborn, go, go. And so they uh, they get they they go. The asteroid or the comet hits, and pretty decent, still holding up CGI tidal wave scene that takes out the eastern U.S. So, but we'll talk about that here in a second. I can tell you have a hot take on this. This this will I, I will save it for hot takes. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> my it's. It bugged me a lot. That's fine. So eventually the waters recede. President Morgan Freeman gives a speech as they're rebuilding the capital of DC saying, Hey, we've persevered and we will The survive. waters have receded. That sounds more like Christopher Walken. Very much so. Than, was, I mean No, I could have I could do a Christopher Walken. I'm uh, hello, I'm Morgan Freeman and I'm in the movie Deep Impact. <laughs> Sorry. I wonder how he's going to do his voice in Dune Part 2. Uh, yeah, because he plays the Emperor. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am the Emperor of the galaxy. <laughs> and you cannot touch my daughter. Or my spies. Or m- the spies. <laughs> my daughter played, played by uh, Florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've gone off on a weird tangent here. <laughs> no, not what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, so movie ends. Um, you know, it, I I think 
with this movie, a lot of good scientific accuracy, a lot yes. of good drama to, to drag it out and, and give us a plot and give us things to, to keep watching for. I will say, acting in this movie... It's phenomenal. Robert Duvall does a great job. Robert Duvall is great in everything. Well, he's a Morgan <laughs> he's Robert. He's Robert Duvall. Yeah. Um, you know, I you know I think everyone's pretty believable. I I didn't have a moment where I'm like eh, you you're kind of yeah. Eh. I think the script was fantastically written. Yeah, um, I, I and you can tell they they partnered with NASA. You can tell they partnered with a scientific advisor to yeah to make this as accurate as possible. Um, yeah, kind of keeping the idea of keeping things from the public. The fact that they've known about it, been trying to prepare for it. Yeah, they have a couple backup plans um, in case this initial plan doesn't work. Yeah, um, so that kind of that feels a lot more realistic to me than other films. Yeah, from the same year. <laughs> um, uh, da, na, na, yeah. Da, na, na. <laughs> so you know, I think. In terms of you know scientific accuracy, in terms of just enjoyment, this was this is a very good film. It's one of those like Dante's Peak where it's like it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah, um, I own it. Like we talked about, it's one of the few. I forgot to bring it back. That's fine. Today, I still but... have my Far Cry. I haven't played. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Even though it's a great game, <laughs> we're in there. I'm still playing Tears of the Kingdom. I know, but um, the one thing I will say is like you can kind of tell like budget wise, there were a little there. They kind of had to save in certain areas. Like yeah. when they're well, flying was... around the comet, you kind of focused more, like the camera focuses more down on the instrument panels of the shuttle. Yeah, and you don't, also don't have the, um, I mean, cheaper CG when you have to show outside the ship versus... Exactly. VR. I think they, they were probably trying to show off, like, we want this big set piece of the wave... Yeah, that's what we want to highlight. Yeah, we want to be in in this in this in the ship that we built. And it's a fantastic set. Yeah, very realistic. Um, it's off. probably like what we would build right yeah. now if there was a comet or asteroid heading towards us. Agreed. Um, so I want to touch on, and it's not a hot take. So we're, I'll, I'll touch on it now. On your comment about stock footage. Yes. So. Sounds like you have a thing about it against it, or oh no! Like okay. as long as it's used properly, like stock footage can be great. But it's like it, it is definitely something that always sticks out in a film, like especially a professional film oh, yeah. like this, where yeah. you're kind of like, oh, this is just stock footage of the Columbia going up or the whatever. Like, it's yeah. it's one of the ships. It's not the Challenger, but <laughs> and it could use that stock footage. It's been really distasteful. Yes, but it's like. You kind of notice because it's like, okay, this was obviously footage taken from a news camera. Yeah. Late eighties, so it's all grainy and yeah, and I also trash, but I also I don't I don't ever have an issue with stock footage, but it's because I watch Star Trek and the nineties Star Trek was full of stock footage. <laughs> if you've ever seen. Uh, Star Trek Six, that Klingon ship blowing up is reused in the TV show. Oh yeah, it's reused in, in generations. The, yeah, in the movies for, and yeah, for a long time after. Yeah. Anyway, that being said, um, Adam, I think it's time for us to dive into our hot takes. Okay, do you want to start? Because I got a, I got a little bit to go on. Yeah. Okay, go nuts. Okay. 
hot takes. What are they going to say this week? Really, my biggest hot take in this film, I would have to say, and it's just, I guess it's a personal preference, is, you know, they, they, Morgan Freeman says, okay, we're instituting martial law, don't do this, don't do that, blah, 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 blah. I'm a, I'm a, and I also will say this about the end of the movie, and this is kind of my thing about disaster movies. I'm a proponent of saying, hey, let me get a miniseries or a second show about rebuilding society afterwards. Oh, I was actually going to bring kind of that up in the last one because it was kind of the last one or the next one yes. ends on a moment where they kind of show like, oh, this is kind of what happens after, yeah. even though it's a smart, a, like it's build, a little rebuild. moment. But, but again, no, I, I actually, it's I the same agree. thing I have an issue with in, in like 2012. Yeah. Well, or, I, I refuse to see 2012. What? I hate Roland Emmerich. It's true. There is only what? He did... Godzilla. I hate Godzilla. Um, I like Stargate. I like Universal Soldier. I think those are... Universal Soldier and Stargate, I think, are the only two films that I like of his. But I... Like, I have not liked a single one of his films ever since. He's he's a fraud. He's a hack. <laughs> he, he terrible. You didn't like Independence Day? No, not really. Not the first one? No. Second one I could guard you was garbage. No, but I'm like, he just, oh. it, he panders. And I'm like, Stargate, even, like, let's just say, let's talk about Stargate. Like, I, I say I like Stargate. But I think Stargate SG-1 was infinitely better than Stargate. Because <laughs> it just expanded on the lore. But I have to give him credit for Stargate. But then, like, Universal Soldier, yeah, that was a cool concept. Like... And it had Jean Claude in it. Like you can't. I love my. I love me some Jean Claude Van Damme. All right, so we're on this hot take rolling, Emmerich. We'll use this as a hot take real quick. You don't like the Patriot with Mel Gibson? Not really. It wasn't. It was a little too like over. Like everything he does is over the top. That's my problem with a rolling Emmerich. It's all okay. like too and much. I would say from the Patriot point of view, being a history buff. A lot of that stuff was pretty accurate. That's fine. Tactics, and, yeah. So, like, and I but, liked. I, I will say, like, I guess I give the Patriot props. Like, they showed some shots of like cannonballs, like taking out people's legs, and I'm like, that's accurate. Okay. What about Midway? Never saw it. Oh my god, that is. I saw the original Midway, but <laughs> okay. The, the newest one, the 2019. So historically accurate. But why so remake well shot. good movies? <laughs> it wasn't a... I wouldn't call it a remake in any sense of the way. Okay. I would say it's a very good historical recreation film. Okay. To the point where... And we'll, I, I'm sure we need to bring this movie up at some point as a watch. I'm watching it knowing exactly how the battle unfolds. Yeah. Going, okay, this is accurate. My wife's watching it not knowing how the battle unfolds and watching... The dive bombers miss the targets and her just having a conniption going, why can't you hit the ship? And it's just like, this is how it actually happened. This yeah. is real. This was realistic. 1940s technology. Yeah. <laughs> Things weren't as accurate. But no, I just like, I refused to see like 2012. I didn't want to see 10 million BC or whatever. No. Um, I, I refused. To, I saw Moonfall. That was awful. I didn't want to see um, that. <laughs> I just, I'm done with Roland Emmerich. I mean, okay, fair enough. I mean, there's certain things of his I like. There's certain things where it's just like, eh. 
And if you um, want to like talk about saying, 2012, I'll just sit here quiet and just be like, mm-hmm. Oh, you, I will. Mm-hmm. I will. I'll find a way. Find a way to, like, clockwork orange me. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you even get that reference? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I'm like, a lot of people don't. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I'll give your girlfriend 20 bucks to stand there with her top off next to it. To force you to be in that. Yeah, right. She wouldn't do that. No, not for 20 bucks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe 50. <laughs> Maybe 25. <laughs> per boob. Per boob. Okay. We'll anyway. Come in under budget. <laughs> so, Adam, what is your hot take about the movie, not okay. hot take about Roland Emmerich? I'm sorry. Um, hot take about the movie. Um, first off, was when the Biederman comic enters the atmosphere... It's very, very quiet. You realize how fast that thing is traveling and how much things it's... Like, how many sonic booms it would... It would be, like, the loudest thing we've ever heard. Yeah. Secondly, the wave. Okay. We gotta talk about equal mass displacement. Now, I haven't done the math completely, but it seems like a mass that size hitting where it did would probably not cause that much destruction. Because when you think of like what equal mass displacement oh, yeah. is, it's it's pretty much like you if you land in water, you push the water out across. Mm-hmm. And Based it's on the size. Size, mass, speed, yep. all that. Um it just didn't seem like enough. Like, whereas, like, with other films where they're like, oh, this is the size of Texas, sir, and if they blew off a size, that was the size of New York. Because I guess the original comment was just the size of New York. Yeah. It just kind of was like, I don't know if this is enough to cause... Like, it would cause a tsunami, obviously. Yeah. But a tsunami that reaches that far inland across... But look how flat it is up until you get to the Appalachian Mountains. True. And also, I mean, maybe they're taking into account global warming, like rising sea levels. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even think of that. just like, hey, we're not going to the Rockies. We're going to to the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. We're going to take out the moonshiners. But... (laughs) What you kids doing here? (laughs) But no, it, it just... That so like the biggest thing that bugged me was it was way too quiet when the comet came in through the atmosphere. It was just like, and I know they're doing it for dramatic effect, but at the same time, it would be like the loudest freaking thing anyone as a as a like as us as a species would have ever heard because it's just displacing so much air. It's just Speed. causing. Coming in so heat. fast, so much heat, so many sonic booms, it would just be like you would be deaf. And you, like, Tay Leone grabbing her dad and going, Daddy, he wouldn't hear that shit. <laughs> it would just be like, Huh? No, he hey? wasn't there. But they were young. Biederman had passed over yeah, but after she. You would have yeah. heard all of that as it's passing oh, over. Taylor, I'm still thinking of not Helen Hunt. Yeah, but. You would have heard all this shit. So that I guess that's my hot take is this the film was very like prides itself on being scientifically accurate, but then there were some things they kinda drew back for dramatic effect. And it was kinda like, well, 
I just, I'm like, I don't know. I just have questions. Okay, so, I don't enough. know if, uh, like, hot take or hot questions. Hot sauce or... <laughs> or hot NASA girl <laughs> Hot NASA girl stuff. Oh, uh, you know, um... Alright. <laughs> we want to get into your spacesuit. No, no. I'm thinking of <laughs> I just go scientific thought and go how much oxygen that would use up and you're reducing and I don't know, let's ask John Farvero who's gone. <laughs> anyway, so alright, well that wraps up us talking about <laughs> deep impact. Oh god. Um and it's time to move into our Geek Wreck of the Week. It's time for the Geek Wreck of the Week. What are the geeks going to recommend? Adam, what is your Geek Wreck this week? So, I actually wanted to recommend this for a long time. And I figured this was kind of the perfect time to do it, considering that Steven Spielberg had produced this project. Oh, I he, thought you were going to recommend Preparation H for your Deep Impact. Preparation H for when the hot NASA girls impact you deeply. Impact you way too deeply. <laughs> but no, um, I wanted to recommend a, a TV show that I loved as a kid. And I can only recommend the first and second season. I can't recommend the third season of it. And granted, this is a show that came out in like 97-ish time. It, it's a long time Ago, but uh, Sequest DSB, starring Roy Scheider, and Jonathan Brandis, um, and not John Farvro. And John Farvro was not in it, but they did have um, the Dom DeLuise uh, kids. Oh. So Peter and yeah, I forget the other one's name, but they were in the second season. But it's like the first season kind of focused more on it's like in the future and. Um, it's this massive submarine that's doing exploration down in the depths, but it also uh, they're doing some deep impacts. But no, the fact that we said we're not going to bring up the, the submarine, and here Adam's bringing up a submarine. Show. Sorry, <laughs> this one can handle it. <laughs> but that's what she um, it's like think of it like your your Starship Enterprise, but it's kind of like oh yeah, it'll it's underwater. It's it's like Star Trek underwater pretty much, but. Um, the first season they like partnered with the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute and tried to create things that were like, oh, these are realistic scenarios, like underwater volcanoes, blah, 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 blah. But then the second season kind of goes off the rails when they bring in like aliens and mutants and stuff like that. And then the third season is just, bleh, don't, don't, I think they even changed the name to 20, like 32, but, um, Check out the first two seasons of Sequest. Roy Scheider was a national treasure. I, I miss him greatly. Um, we'll have to talk about Jaws at some point on the show. All right. So my geek crack of the week. Um, going musical again. Okay. Um, so not not musical like. like Oklahoma, musical. where the wind yeah. comes sweeping down not the that part musical. I'm talking about music artists. Oh, okay. Artists. Um, so Jason Brannis just dropped his newest album. Then, um, did, did it survive? Yes. If he dropped it, he didn't drop it from a, from a very big distance. Okay, I'm um, glad it didn't crack. But it is um, actually a very uh, it's a very fun album. I, I have to say, um, 
not quite. It, it, the last one was kind of reggae and it was kind of weird and a little different. Um, what do you got against reggae? I didn't. It was just not something. Hey, I, I like the album. It grew on me. It was just wasn't something I was like, oh, this is. I guess white guy reggae is not. It wasn't bad. Um, it was still a really good album. <laughs> UB40 um, but this and called, Jason Mraz. Yeah. <laughs> this one's called The Mystical Magical Rhythmical Radical Ride. Um, actually, a pretty fun one. Doesn't sound very derivative at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a fun, it's a fun, you know, his style, very happy, make you feel good kind of music. Okay. So um, that is my geek wreck this week. Give it okay. a listen on all music platforms where you can also listen to our podcast at Geek Drink Pod. Are we on Apple Music? We are. We are? We're on the podcast, on the Apple Podcast. Oh, okay, platform. cool. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on Pandora, we're, no, we're not on Pandora because I don't want to, it, it's weird. Um, Pandora, why are you being so we're on, weird? We're even on samsungpodcast.com. Who the hell has a Samsung device? No way, probably a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway folks, um, but before I we wrap this one up, I've got a rankings for Adam. Oh, this is going to become a thing, isn't it? Every now and then. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe I should come up with some for you. Next week we're definitely going to do some fancy casting for the movie. Okay. Um... But I, since this is Elijah Wood's kind of first real big film, we're going to rank all six Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies real quick. Oh. Well. You don't have to. I'm not going to. I will I'm say. The names and, and everything like that because you, you know no, what six I, they I are. I will say the first Hobbit film. So, A Journey Begins. Unexpected Journey. Unexpected Journey would probably be my least favorite. Okay. Um. Followed by the second, which is, uh, it's not the Desolation of Smaug. Uh, yeah, it is. And the third one is Battle of the Seven, Battle of the Seven Armies. So the reason I rank those three at the, kind bottom. Of at the bottom is because uh, Peter Jackson kind of changed his formula. He went from using kind of real cool practical effects mixed with visual effects and instead. Managers. And miniatures, he used more just special effects. Yep. Um, like in... Like a the, very de-aged Orlando Blue one. Yeah. But me. It's like... I loved how in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like what he did is he would dress all the Urukai and orcs up in full makeup and costume. Yep. And it'd be like, maybe like... 15 of them. Yeah, but he would have them stand in different positions. And then he would, like... Composite them into different... Yeah, then he would be like, you change your helmet, you change your armor, you... And, like, kind of mix them up. And I'm like, that was clever. In this, it's just, like... It just felt really not that great. But then, um... I mean, though... Now you've got the Fellowship... Two Towers and Return of the King. That's pretty much the order I'd go in at this point. It's like I maybe I, maybe I'd go Two Towers. No. So yeah, what's number three? Probably Fellowship. I mean, though I love the fact that it like kicked off the story and okay. it was very well done. Is two Two Towers or is then Two Towers? I'd probably say is second. Um, Battle of Helm's Deep was so. Epic and okay. so amazing, but then the Return just the Return of the King was just such a, like a swell of just like this is it. This is everything you've wanted. Okay. So what what do you got? For I that? would go with 
the Battle of the Seven Armies is six. Okay. Then I would go Unexpected Journey five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destination Smog is number four. Mm-hmm. Number three, I agree with you, is Fellowship. Here's where we differ- differentiate. Return of the King's number two to Towers is number one for me. Okay. No, I I, I don't I argue. Think Return of the King could have been number one had it not been so many fake black fade to black. Is the movie over? No. Yeah, well. And that's just the regular regular release, not the extended edition release. Yeah, well, and that and that's the thing. It's like uh, I guess. Do you prefer to watch the extended editions of Lord of the Rings versus the originals, or I could go either way. It, I, I prefer it, to watch the extended editions. I, I think the extended editions of The Hobbit are much better than the original releases. Oh, I agree on that. And I just, but I mean, I'm always one of those me, guys who's just like, I love content, so... For me, it's just like, for that, it's just interchangeable. Do I need all this extra info after watching Lord of the Rings 80 million times, and I'm not even Miss Mary Davis? Uh, <laughs> um... No, I mean, I'll watch it if it's on or if I if I plug it in, but it's not something I'm going to go search out. And I'm going to need to watch the extended edition today. Yeah. I, I I just, I have only the extended edition, so. All right, fair enough. All right, folks, well, that wraps up our episode of Deep Impact. Um, we want to thank you guys for giving us a listen. Make sure you uh, go and give us a like, a comment, tweet. Subscribe. Twoop, subscribe. You know, make sure you go on to whatever platform you listen to on and give us a five-star rating um, if you like the podcast. Or if you, even if you kind of don't like us too much, give us a five-star. It helps us promote the podcast. It, it gets us out there to more people. And the more people listen, the more we can do other topics that you guys want to hear. Besides yeah. just our disaster movie summer that we're starting, I guess, at some point right now. Well, I think, yeah. But well, we'll probably switch it up. Oh yes, we will. <laughs> we just we just started with we movies the that's, 90s kick for yeah some movies time. that were the same but are not the same yes. but are the same. But yeah, so thanks guys. Make sure you follow us at Geek Drink Pod on all podcasts, uh, all social media platforms: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, TikTok, uh, HotNasaGirls.net, um, where they will and and, and also our sponsor. Not sponsor. Preparation age mm. for your deep impact. Preparation uh, age. It goes good in your hole <laughs> or around your hole. <laughs> you don't right. want to put it in your hole. Hey, hey, hey! Don't knock other people's kink. Don't kink shame on this podcast. Yeah, we try not to. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. You guys have a great geek week. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye. This has been another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. All content. Copyright. Geek Drink Pod 2023.